Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to Premier League All Access. New season, new name for the podcast, but some things stay the same. Alongside me, Sam Mazapace, I've got the former FA Cup winner from 1997, the ex-Chelsea and Benfica and West Ham left-back, Scott Minto, and TalkSport's chief football correspondent, Alex Crook. Well, we're excited to be at Wembley after the Community Shield. We're going to look ahead to the whole season. We're going to look at who we think is going to win the title, who will be the top scorer, who's going to be winning the race for the top four and getting into those coveted Champions League places. And also, we'll talk about the relegation situation as well. Quick reflections on the Community Shield. What did you make of it, Scott? Arsenal winning it on penalties and finally getting over the line against Manchester City yeah. after eight straight defeats. Mikel Arteta would be happy with that, yeah. wouldn't he? Look, I, I think Kai Havertz had a couple of fantastic chances in the first half. Should have put at least one of them away. And then when City did score, they looked in full control. So Arsenal kind of got a little bit lucky. Penalties, you never know what can happen. Hopefully for them, that gives them confidence. They can bridge the gap between themselves and City. But it doesn't really mean anything in terms of Premier League. It's, he's very stressed, is the crookmeister, because he's been downstairs uh, trying to hunt down interviews. He didn't get the player that he wanted. We won't tell you which one he did want and what he did get. But uh, what did you think overall of the uh, Community Shield itself? Did you think it was a success for Arsenal? Yeah, I think so. I think you saw the celebrations at the end. We it certainly said, meant a lot to them, didn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. And we said before the game it was a chance to lay down a psychological message ahead of the season starting. I think they did that. I think it was a period at the end of the first half, start of the second, where actually they dominated the ball. Yeah. They looked the stronger side. You could see that they've back, been back in pre-season a bit longer than their opponents. I worry now about where the goals will come from. I think Kai Havertz had a couple of excellent opportunities and I think they may rue that lack of an out-and-out number nine, particularly with Gabriel Jesus being injured. City, well, I think we got what we expected. Probably not quite there in terms of preparation, new players betting in. I thought Kovacic was excellent in midfield. So it sets us up nicely for the season ahead. Yep, OK, I was excited to see uh, Julian Alvarez and him performing over the course of 90 minutes. Phil Foden made a difference when he came off the bench could be a big season for him could be a big season for Manchester City as well a club that is looking to win a fourth Premier League title in a row no one's ever done that before can they be the first now I am hoping just because of the name change Premier League all access that Crook you're still going to be as bold as ever and still going to be as cantankerous as ever probably yeah, I would have thought, thought so. he's yeah, always yeah. cantankerous <laughs> 
And Scott, you've maintained your good looks over the summer. Have you been Thank doing you, a, a good pre-season? I, I, I really haven't. Um, I actually haven't done any exercise for the last month or so. Oh, that makes you sick, doesn't it? Well, eh? you know, I'll get back to the fasting and the, uh, oh. the 20-minute hit programmes once we're finished here, Sam. You're looking well as well, I've got to say. Look okay. at you. Well, let's see if looking we can, very summery. Let's see if we can maintain it throughout the course of uh, the season. And look, the title battle is the one that everyone's talking about. Arsenal, big contenders last year, but mm. fell away right at the very end. And Manchester City, I think, expected to be favourites, are favourites in the, the betting. Can you see anybody else winning the title? Apart look, look I, I think, first of all, we've got to talk about City. And, and you just mentioned about that no one is in English top flight football has ever won four league titles in a row. That's going to be something special. And they're just coming off the back of a treble as well. Players have gone, and you can say key players. I certainly, I think, the likes of Gundogan has been a key player over recent seasons. I don't see them being quite as good as they've been over the last couple of campaigns. They're going to come down a little bit, but are they going to come down enough that other teams can catch them? So you've got to look at the best of the rest in that sort of uh, aspect. I think Guardiola's a really good signing. Um, Kovacic, I don't know why Chelsea let him go, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, a hefty fee as well. I mean, they really, you know, <laughs> prized him away at some cost, didn't they? I think it was £25 million. I mean, it's almost like a bargain signing for and, them. And, and it certainly looked like that in the Community Shield. Yeah, and now Chelsea need to get another central midfielder. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we won't go there about, about Chelsea. But I just feel, look, what they couldn't have a better manager. You know what I think about Pep. I've spoken about Pep. I think he's the, the GOAT. And I know you think Fergie. And I, I, I get that. But I just think he's the person that will keep them on and on. And he's already showed last season that he will drop players if they're not absolutely at it. I don't think Haaland, I think he'll still be probably the top goal scorer in the Premier League, but he won't oh, we'll score as many. That. I know, I know. He's only scored in one of his last nine games yeah, now, by I the don't, way. I don't think he'll <laughs> score as many. Goal. I don't think he'll score as many this, this season coming. I really don't. So I think there's a both individually and as a team, they'll drop off a little bit. But are there other teams that are able to get above them? I think that's the thing. And I'm looking at Arsenal, even though they won the Community Shields, I'm just not sure because they haven't got that goal scorer. OK, talk to me about the biggest problem that Pep faces, Crook. Is it trying to motivate a group of players that have won everything? I think that's a big factor. And uh, we'll go back to 99 when, of course, Manchester United were the first team in English football to win the treble. And there was a drop-off. A long off. time ago. No? He, had to, he had to get that in. <laughs> yeah, he but, had to get it in. It was there, a long time ago. But there was a drop-off. And I think Dwight York, Scott's mentioned to me, he certainly came out and said, I struggled to motivate myself the season after he wasn't the only one Dwight York actually went to Fergie apparently and he said I want a year off now <laughs> with pay and I'll come back the following season I and mean, what was Fergie's response to that Fergie, apparently how it, many syllables were in the answer apparently it wasn't particularly positive but at least he kept him at the club anyway yeah. but, but the point is he was there, never the same it? again though Dwight York after winning the treble I'm not saying that Man City's players are going to drop off that dramatically but is that why they've allowed Mares to go Gundogan to go Possibly. looking for fresh blood and bringing in yeah. and bringing in yeah. Kovacic and, and bringing through young players maybe yeah. I mean that goal will do Cole Palmer yep. no harm at all because that's a terrific finish it's on a knife edge if he stays or if maybe they're willing to let him go out on loan or maybe even sell him I know Brighton would be keen to sign him permanently so I think he's doing the right thing by refreshing the squad I don't think they'll get as many points as they did last season but the big question that Scott's already asked can anybody else close that gap I think we all thought Arsenal could. I worry about that lack of a number nine. I wouldn't totally rule out Manchester United. That's not just me okay. with red spectacles on. Is Dwight York back? I think Liverpool could be in the race as well. I genuinely think we've got a four-team title race Okay, this well, let's hope that we do because that makes it exciting for yeah, us, right? Sorry, Sam. Final one on City. I just in, in an article I was reading about Dwight York, um, Pep was saying that he won four straight titles 
playing for Barcelona. Yeah. The fifth season, he wasn't at it. The sixth season, he wasn't at it. It's human nature to just drop off a little bit. So he's going to need to be at them. He's going to need to rotate. I don't think they'll be as good, but let's talk about the uh, contenders. Well, the other contenders are, of course, Arsenal, who've come very, very close in the last year, maybe have strengthened better than others in terms of their overall squad. Over the last year, not just in this window, but when you look at the players that they've added in 2023, in January, the Leandro Trossard, who got them the goal at the end of the game in the Community Shield, but also was their top scorer in pre-season. So he's an asset for them. A lot of their players are versatile, can play in a number of different positions, so it gives him options across the field. And the other contenders are probably Manchester United and Liverpool. Is that fair? I think that's my top four. Um, I wouldn't be bold enough to give you an order at this moment in time, but I think Chelsea, despite the fact I'm Pochettino's biggest fan, we'll have still, on the still got a lot of work to do. Who can, who, who can breach Manchester City's grasp on that big trophy? I think all those three. I think Liverpool will be better. They've obviously revamped their midfield. They've still got incredible options going forward. I'm excited to see what they'll do with Trent Alexander-Arnold this season. There may be a change of position for him. I think Manchester United have got their business done early and they've signed the players that Eric Ten Hag wanted to sign. They've got their spine of the team now. They've improved in the goalkeeping department. Mason Mount will add to the midfield. Hoyland is a, a raw gem, but if he works out as Ten Hag thinks he can, then maybe that could turn into a genius signing. And with Arsenal, they will learn from what happened last season. They're a young group of players. They will store that away mentally. Declan Rice adds a lot to the team. I thought Timber actually mm. playing in an unfamiliar position because obviously he was terrific, usually yeah. plays on the opposite flank. I think he'll provide something as well. I'm not sold on Kai Havertz. That's not just because he's missed a couple of chances in the Community Shield. Didn't you back him for first goal scorer? I did back him for first goal scorer. Did you rue that? Because I knew, well, I did when he missed the two chances, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I'm being so critical. But I think £65 million, I think if I were Arsenal, maybe I'd have tried to get Rasmus Hoyland, get, get an actual centre-forward. Well, it's interesting, the, the, the mortgage is about to be paid off if uh, Kai Havertz... It's interesting because um, Arsenal obviously went through that period where they were criticised for not spending enough. They've given full control to Edu and Arteta to reshape the squad, and they've done that very well. Similarly, Manchester United have been criticised for not strengthening their team. They have firmed up that spine. Anana's going to give you some hairy moments, though, Scott. I don't know mm. if you saw him getting chipped from 45 yards in pre-season mm. and Mason Mount missing a sitter. You know, those moments, although they don't mean anything because it's pre-season, if they do not happen or if, you know, he does get the goal, Mason Mount, they start the season on a flyer, don't they? The Anana yeah. thing's been overplayed massively. Why? Because goalkeepers now are encouraged to play a long way off their line. So how has it been overplayed? If a teammate gives the ball away in midfield, as a modern-day goalkeeper, you are susceptible to being beaten by that kind of shot. Yeah, but you yeah. still need to be careful. It nearly happened to Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah, absolutely. But but it, did, st- it did happen. No one not, overplayed it. But it's it. not a goalkeeping error, in my no, opinion. No, no one said it was, No, it's not what he's saying. What he's saying is... what happened. A lot of people have said it's an error. OK, you're getting a bit prickly. Are you worried? Are you worried? You start to worry about Manchester United all of a sudden? You had a lot of confidence about 10 minutes ago. Still got confidence. I think Anana will be a really good goalkeeper. Can I get a word so in now? Yeah, join in, Is mate. that right? Join in. <laughs> Thank you. Or, or, or were you paid per minute? Is, it, is that what it is? It's paid per word. <laughs> per word, sorry, yeah. Look, the Anana thing, you're absolutely right in the way you worded it. You're right in what you're saying, but that can happen. And, and because of the sweeper keeper, they, they will be out. They've got to be careful of that. But I, I just think, again, you can learn in pre-season. I don't read much into that Anana situation. I don't read much into Mason Mount missing the chance. I think it all kind of depends on Hoyland, and that's a big, big thing to do. If you want in a striker, it's a big burden to shoulder. Absolutely, for such a and, young player. And that's my point. 
you know, you look at United, they have bought well with, with Inano and they, they are wanting to play the, the way that Ten Hag plays. I think Mason Mount is an excellent player. Then again, don't get me going about Chelsea letting him go. I think if they get Amrabat in, he was an excellent player, both in the World Cup and I thought he was the best player in the Europa Conference League final as well. I just think in terms of Hoyland, what United need are goals, like Arsenal as well. Well, so that to, was their failing last year. They didn't absolutely. get enough goals. If so, you look at um, Rashford getting 30 of them, it shows you that actually there wasn't enough from other areas of the field. And I can, think they'll add that this can year. Can you agree. rely on Rashford to get another 30 goals this season? I'm not so sure. No, I think he's one of those who scores to. in streaks. You think that Anthony's going to be better than he was. Garnaccio's going to come to the fore this year. I actually think, and this is a bit of a bold claim, that I think Manchester United are going to be Manchester City's closest challengers this year. They're going to be up there with Arsenal and City. I agree with you on Anthony. Don't disagree with that. I agree with you on Anthony. I think he took a lot of stick last season, mainly from Gabby Ogbonlahor, actually. Not, not just from Gabby Ogbonlahor, <laughs> mate. But he scored an excellent goal in that friendly at Old Trafford the weekend. Really good finish. I think he's a young player who clearly has an incredible amount of talent and he has the personality to be a Manchester United player and take the criticism that comes with it. I think he might get double figures this season. There you go. OK, so I think Manchester United will push City close. Who do you think will push City close? No, I, I, I think it's, it's Man U and Arsenal. I really do. You know, you look at the best of the rest of last season and it was Arsenal. Arsenal dominated the Premier League and then just fell away at the end. Mm. But, and they bought Declan Rice. Timber is a very good signing as well. I think Rice will be one of the, the best midfielders if, if he's not already in the, in the Premier League. It's just the goals. But then you look at United as well and I just think it's a big you know, weight that he's got to carry. Wearing the Manchester United shirt, Jaden Sancho couldn't do it. I know he's been playing as a false nine in, in pre-season, but mm. I can't rely on him during the season. Marcus Rashford is better off the left. So then you're relying on Hoyland to actually be, not just be fit, but scoring the goals. And that's, that's a big thing to I, ask. I think, I think Onana makes them play differently. And I think that their midfield has been strengthened. I think, obviously, you've got the wider options that will be better this season. For me, and I'm just going to give you one, one answer, Manchester United will challenge for the title. Who's going to win it? One, one team. I'm going to say Arsenal. Okay. I'm going to say Arsenal. Scott? I've changed. I, I, a week ago, I said Arsenal. I look at Jesus being injured now, and I just look at them, and I just think, where are the real goals coming from? I've said all along throughout the whole summer they needed a striker. I know it's not one word. It's not. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but even though I think they're going to drop, at this moment in time, I still think City know how to win. OK, uh, so Manchester City for Scott. I'm going to go for Manchester United. Go just, on, Just, just. And uh, he's going for Arsenal at the end, which will please Mrs Crook, won't it? Absolutely. Yeah, will do, yeah. Um, the race nice for the chat. by the way, Mrs Crook. <laughs> yeah, we've Fabio Vieira. Fabio Vieira. That's doing the rounds on socials, isn't it? The funny thing about that is that we were in this uh, bar in Portugal and yeah. uh, we knew he was famous because he... he People kept coming over. You didn't recognise him. I didn't recognise him. You're a commentator. She didn't recognise him as an Arsenal fan. Chief football <laughs> correspondent from Talksport fails to recognise Arsenal footballer in pub. Then again, you probably had a few. It wasn't Aaron Ramsdale. That's uh, the problem. <laughs> it wasn't his best mate, Aaron Ramsdale. Right. Okay. Let's talk about the race for the Champions League places because there's quite a few teams that think that they can get into Europe's top footballing competition. But there is a scenario here when we have to recognise it, where it could be that we get five teams in the Champions League, depending on coefficient. The mechanism isn't entirely clear. It's likely, let's just say it that way. But there's no doubt about it. When you go back and look at the number of teams that are vying to get into the top four positions, 
<laughs> seven, eight of them mm. doesn't work into four. So no. there's going to be some disappointed clubs at the end of the season. Chelsea have retooled. We haven't really spoken about them apart from bemoaning the fact that they have been pretty useless in terms of allowing good players to go. Mm. So Scott, what are your hopes for Chelsea this season? Do you know what? I'm actually quite confident, um, and not in terms of obviously winning the title, but my, I, not even, I wouldn't put them in the top four. But I think they've got a chance of getting that fifth position. I, I think Poch is the right man. I think both on and off the pitch, he's able to manage up as well as get good players. He's so friendly and so happy all oh, the time. Oh, he's lovely, isn't he? He is. I haven't he's even just met a him. nice guy to hang yeah. around with. I can I tell he's a coffee with guy. him back in the Soccer Aid days. He's just, he's just always happy. I bet he made you feel all glowing. He did, didn't you know, he made me feel like I was, he actually got up to greet me as if I was like a long lost friend. <laughs> he does that to everyone. I know, he does it to everyone. That's his skill. Apart from cooking. <laughs> I think someone has just told him my name about two minutes before. <laughs> But he is, no, he is a good character Absolutely. To be yeah. Listen, pre-season has gone well. How much do you read into that? But I do, do think the culture of what happened last season needed to be changed and it has been changed. And there's still ins and outs that need to happen. You know, Nkunku, I think, has been really good. Nicholas Jackson has been excellent. Kane Chukwameka has been great. You can't in... get excited, though, can you, about pre-season? I mean, it's not no, like we're going can't. down a tattooist and asking for Summer Series 2023 tattooed on our calves because we're delighted about the trophy. There, Although it might be there. the only one that Chelsea win over the next few years. No, but what he's doing is he is, is getting the culture back of what is a winning culture and actually a happy atmosphere. And he's bringing the squad's numbers down. He knows who kind of who he wants. And look, what do I think? I think Chelsea have a chance of, of getting that fifth spot. And if that fifth spot means that they go on to the Champions League, because don't forget, they haven't got any European competitions yeah, coming I, up this year. I, and and I that will help a lot. That, Scott. No, no. They lost 16 Premier League games last season. I'll guarantee you one thing about Chelsea this season. They won't lose 16 games this campaign in the Premier League. Um, I think after the Mason Mount situation, they needed to make sure they kept Levi Colwell. Mm -hmm. And that's a big boost, I think, for them and the fan base. And for England, uh, because I think if he has the kind of season that we're expecting, I think he will be on the plane for the European Championships yeah. next summer. Obviously, he won it with the under-21s, which gives him valuable experience. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously, you two guys have got Chelsea at heart, and you're stood here now suggesting that if they challenge for fifth place, it's going to be a good season. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I mean, if we'd have said that two years ago... You'd have thought we were mad. Well, but two years ago, they won the Champions League. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But what? Cut your cloth, though. But you, know where, but know you, where guys, you are right yeah, but now. you guys are representation of the Chelsea fan base. You loved the Carabao Cup last year, didn't you? Because you had to cut your cloth accordingly. Yeah, but we still finished in the top four and made the FA Cup final as well. But are the fans going to accept that maybe the top four is beyond their reach? Because yeah. part of the issue that Graham Potter had, and I know you don't think he was a particularly good choice for manager... But the fans weren't necessarily on the same but page as the owners now. in terms of being patient. Okay. Are they going to be patient when Maurizio well, Pochettino? They will be, yeah. bearing in mind his Tottenham background, yeah, because there are some Chelsea supporters who weren't happy when Pochettino was appointed I think because he was an ex-Spurs manager. I think it's different because of the timing. If he'd come in straight after Thomas Tuchel, he would have got the same treatment. Yeah. But it's different now. They look at it... He, he, the Chelsea fans, I'm sure, are looking at this thinking, we need to get back on track. If this guy gets us back on track, they won't even remember that he was the Tottenham manager. Yeah. If he wins something for Chelsea in the next couple of years, that's all forgotten, that's all gone. What would the mood be like if they're 3-0 down at home to Liverpool next Sunday? Well, it's not going to be great, is it? But it's well, not well, going to be directed towards him because I think everybody knows over the course of the last year, the problems have been with the ownership and the recruitment and the management of the club as a whole rather than what's in the dugout I mean look at the I mean I don't think Graham Potter did a particularly good job I thought he was the wrong appointment at the wrong time for Chelsea they need someone who's a bit more experienced good at managing up good at managing down and that's Mauricio Pochettino at this moment in time I don't think it's going to lead to Chelsea being Champions League winners next year or title winners 
but if they can get into the top four or five, they've done a brilliant job. And I yeah, think, and, you know, and, and don't forget where they've come from. You know, it's twelfth, it's bottom it's half, tough. lost sixteen so, games. Absolutely. So, so fifth is couldn't score m- any goals. Is massive progression, and I think I think Chelsea fans will be will be okay with that. I Let's really move on do. to Liverpool because um, they've strengthened quite a lot. They want to be top four contenders. What happens if Jurgen Klopp doesn't get them into the top four this year? Yeah, it's um, after not doing it again. I think it's a big year for him, isn't it? I mm. mean, you know, in the world we live in, sort of everyone has a very short memory. He's, he's still one of the best managers in the world, but he needs to prove again that they should at least get into the top four. And look, I do think they will. I think the strikers have always been there. I, I can see Darwin Nunez actually being an absolute pest as always, but sticking the ball in the back of the net. I do think they have goals. I think the midfielders that they brought in, certainly with McAllister, is. is very good signings and then you're talking about defensively I know Crookie was mentioning about Trent and where he'll play I do think he'll play as that right back but sort of moving in because when you have possession you're able to do that so look I, I think they're in a good place I don't think they'll win the title I don't even think they'll finish in the top two but I think there'll be a marked improvement again Premier League All Access will bring you two podcasts every single week, Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, We'll have a visualised podcast on a Monday where we review all of the action from the weekend. It's the best place to catch up uh, from people that go to a lot of games. The first weekend of the season, I'll be at uh, Arsenal, Chelsea and Manchester United. You're coming to Manchester United with me, aren't you, on uh, Monday? Chelsea with me on Sunday. You're not coming to Arsenal as well, are you? I'm with you. You're Arsenal. with me at Arsenal. I'm at Brighton yeah. on, at Brighton. on Saturday. So, so yeah, well, you get a day off. You'll get a day off. It'll be um, sucking up to everyone at Brighton. Eh? <laughs> New Second favourite side, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about Brighton. There might be dark horses for another European uh, place, but they've got European football and the distraction of European football when you are trying to finish in the top four. When you're not an established member of that top four, is always difficult. And Newcastle might find that to be a bit of a problem. I think they will. And actually, I've taken a bit of stick from Newcastle fans for suggesting that uh, the just un- Newcastle fans. Well, there's a few. There's a few clubs yeah. that you can add to that list. Um, but you know, I've suggested that maybe they, there will be a drop off this season. I think Eddie Howe did remarkably well with the tools at his disposal to get them to a cup final here at Wembley, to get them cemented in the top four. And actually, it never really looked like they were going to fall out of the top four, even when Liverpool were breathing down their necks at the end of the season. Tonali, from what I'm told, is going to be an excellent addition. I think Harvey Barnes is an upgrade on San Maximam. Tino Livramento from Southampton, if he can stay fit, will be an option, but I think it's more of a long-term signing. I would worry about the depth of the squad with Champions League football as well, and I think other teams are improving around yeah. them. I think Aston Villa, we, we need to talk oh, about You are hot on Aston Villa, aren't you? He's got the bet, he's got the bet with Jim White, yeah, so he's yeah. like non-stop talking them up. But that doesn't mean that I think Newcastle are a players? bad side, by the way. Well, I think they're going to sign more. I think they do need a little right. bit more. They're a bit too reliant, maybe, on Ollie Watkins yeah, in terms of that top end it? of the pitch. Moussa Diaby is my tip for uh, dark horse player of the season. I think he's going to be excellent in the Premier League. I like Pau Torres. And they've also got Diego Carlos to come back from injury, who will be like a new signing. So I think with a couple of additions, I really think Villa could go close in terms of challenging for those Europa League places the Europa League places yeah, yeah. Not, the cha- not the Champions League but I don't think Newcastle will qualify for the Champions League that's not because I don't like Newcastle you don't really like hell. Newcastle I love Newcastle so anti-Newcastle brilliant football club it's unbelievable <laughs> but I just think it's like difficult Newcastle. I think it's difficult I think he's hosting an event in Newcastle very soon so if you want to go and barrack him <laughs> tickets will be available <laughs> um, let's move on Aston Villa Another one that is uh, a contender. Do you share Crookie's optimism? They've got a very good manager who did a brilliant job. Mm. Well, look, I, I think you're talking... I mean, he's mentioned both of those, so I'll touch on both of those as well. I agree with him totally about Newcastle. I think they complete, there's a group of players there that completely overachieved. And I do worry about them trying to combine the, the Premier League and also uh, the Champions League. 
In terms of Aston Villa, I'm still not sure whether Villa will finish above Newcastle because I think while they've bought well, I think we know that Unai Emery loves a European competition. For me, they're almost, I mean, nothing's bang on, but surely they're the favourites for that. Oh, they'll win that. You know, I mean, I, I, I followed West Ham last season and, and, and they're, they're a not good size in that competition. <laughs> well, we had a great night in, uh, in Prague, Prague as a result of West Ham's success, but I must admit it was one of those sort of experiences where you were expecting West Ham to get there because of the level of opposition they were playing. I mean, towards the end of the, the, the campaign, they had to play brighter opposition. But yeah, yes, I can Yeah, but they also got outplayed by, by AZ Alkmaar, I, yeah. I felt, in the semi-final and also in the final Fiorentina. That, that's, but, the, that's the style. That, but they found a way to win. Yeah, we, we, we've, got, we've got a very good friend who's due to get married on the night of the Conference League final. Yeah. So if Villa do get there, Sam might have a massive decision to make. I'll be at the Conference League final. <laughs> Um, to be fair, you've not actually been invited to the wedding I yet. I haven't, so. no, but he hasn't invited anyone yet, if I remember rightly, because he's a little bit, you know. I've, I've been invited. You're the best man, aren't you? I am, yeah. Well, it'd be a good job if you were there. Who's I mean, made you the best who man? Who would want him Everybody. as the best man? I never go to a wedding and just be a guest. Everyone Is wants to right? be a that's crook because in their life. That's because everyone wants to be a crook in their life. <laughs> Do you really just say that? That's because that's because he basically demands that he should be the yeah, best man. Yeah, he I'm actually, not going unless. Yeah, and he, exactly, yeah. he's like a bit of a wedding crasher. Um, Tottenham Hotspur want to crash the top four places. They've got a new manager in Ange Postacoglu. Um, at this moment in time, we don't know whether Harry Kane's staying or whether he's going. I'm not even sure Daniel Levy knows whether he's staying or whether he's going. I mean, it's a very odd situation. And you and I were having a bit of a discussion about it mm. earlier on today, in which we sort of came to the conclusion that if he doesn't go to Bayern Munich, I think he'll probably sign a new contract at Spurs because the options for where he can go next season, although he'd been on free transfer, the, he the wages are so hefty. Is there that many takers for him in the Premier League? Will there be that many takers for him in the in the Premier League? It's a brilliant question because we know that, that Manchester United, one of the things they've done this summer is, is really bring down um, the payroll. They don't want a situation where one player in the dressing room is earning dramatically more than everybody else. Chelsea are having to balance FFP. They'd be the two obvious contenders if Harry Kane became available. Maybe Manchester City of Erling Haaland decided at some point that he'd like to go to Real Madrid. But I think you're right. I think if he doesn't go this summer, there's every chance that he does sign a new contract. And here's another bold claim. Oh, here we go. If he does stay at Spurs, I think that supply line between him and Madison could be a, a real joy to watch this season. I think if Kane stays, they finish above Chelsea. So there goes Scott's prediction that Chelsea will finish fifth. All oh, right, so he said Chelsea will finish below Tottenham, so Chelsea will finish below Tottenham. Well, you, that's, that's how Have it you works. met Alex Crook? It's like being the best man as well, isn't it? He, he, he relegated Brentford last season. No one ever brings up the fact that in the second yeah. season, Brentford were definitely, definitely, 100% going down. Did they? No, I couldn't. I also relegated Sheffield United in their second season. Well done. As you Even remember. a stop clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Tottenham, in terms of where you think they're going to finish? Look, I, I, I genuinely believe whether Harry Kane stays or goes, I think Postacoglu is a really the perfect man for Spurs. Um, He'll make you know, everybody feel good around yeah, the place. Yeah, I think he's about he? fifth or sixth choice, isn't he, in terms of the amount of people they spoke to before they actually came to him. Well, but they'll I, tell you that wasn't the case. Yeah, well, they were never in for Nagelsmann. Remember that, they were never... Never in Finagles, but they mm. turned him down rather than yeah. the other way around. And Luis Enrique as yeah, well. They yeah, turned him yeah, down. The they turned him down. The guy in Holland, down. wasn't there? Who was the guy in Holland? Uh, the, the guy league? from... Uh, Feyenoord, was it? Feyenoord, yes. yeah. Yes. yeah. Arnest yes. Slot, is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah, they didn't want him either. No. But look, you know, actually, that, that's a little bit irrelevant, even though, you know, it is true. Postacoglu, for me, is the right man for Spurs because I think he's hungry in himself. He he's, hasn't got the ego that the previous managers have had. And I think he does play a really good brand of football that Spurs would love to, Spurs fans would love to watch, even if they're not winning trophies. Harry Kane, for me, look, if I, if I was a left back in a team with Harry Kane, I'd say go and get Harry Kane. And I do not care if you're on a million pound a week. 
go and get us the goals, help me get a trophy, and thank you very much for that. So if you're more, 10 times more money than me, then so be it. But clearly modern day football is a little bit different. FFP is starting to bite now, Scott, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at all of the clubs and they're, they're all in this situation where they're having to think about what they spend. Manchester United can deal with it. Well, Manchester, Manchester United, United might be able with to deal it. with it, but I don't know if their manager particularly is interested in doing it because if he was, I think they would have pushed harder this summer. The fact that they decided to pivot and go to Hoyland suggests to me that they've decided against it anyway. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, but all I'm saying is Harry Kane guarantees you goals. And if United had Harry Kane, I know we're talking about the wages and you know they're not going to go down that, but if they had okay. it and just went for it, I'm telling you now, I would be saying Man U for the title. Okay, so the question was, where did Tottenham finish? Where did Tottenham finish? Above or below Chelsea? Below Chelsea. I feel it's a wager coming on, but then he doesn't yeah, settle his debts, do does he? He didn't, se- didn't settle his well, debt well, last well, season. Well, 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 well. I'm Hold still hungry. I haven't I, eaten since the I, end of the season. I, I've, been, I've asked you more than once to say, give me some dates, and you haven't got me any Mate, dates. Honestly, I've given you loads of dates. No, you haven't. You've been in Ibiza for half the summer. No, I haven't. <laughs> you really have. <laughs> <laughs> the quarter of the summer. <laughs> you still give me dates. It still oh, works. Okay, we'll give you dates. All right, okay. Um, okay, so any other interlopers can make it into the European places? We've mentioned quite a lot of them. Well, we sort of reference Brighton without really going into. Well, I, I, they'll struggle to. No, I think we need to reference Brighton, and I agree. I think again, inevitably, there, there should be a drop off because I think Roberto De Zerbi is going to take the Europa League very seriously. He's not going to allow him to drop off. Have you met Roberto well, De Zerbi? Exactly. No, but, but there's one thing saying I want, you, I don't want yeah. you to drop off, and we're at it. There's another thing actually: the players going out there and doing it on a regular basis, and the Europa League combined with the Premier League plus the players they've lost already and we'll see what happens with Caicedo I think it's going to be very difficult I've only lost one player at the moment Alexis McAllister mm. at the moment Caicedo is, is still very much a Brighton player despite Didn't the fact he the missed pre-season. the friendly picked up a, yeah. an oh, injury yeah. in training a, a I'm told knock. did he uh, well we shall see yeah. um, but they've invested João Pedro club record signing Mohamed Kudos looks like he could be a new club record signing they're going to keep hold of Karen Matoma yes I think Matoma will stay uh, I think probably will sign a new contract and it was interesting, just speaking to Stefan Ortega, the Man City goalkeeper in the tunnel, I asked him how many teams could compete for the title, and he said in terms of the top four, there's seven or eight teams, and he referenced both Brighton and Newcastle, which tells me that other teams in the Premier League right at the top are starting to take Brighton seriously. Yeah, I think that's uh, certainly true, and Brighton, I think, believe that they can achieve something special this season, whether that's in the Europa League or whether it's in the Premier League, will remain to be seen. Right, at the bottom of the table... Not much competition in terms of relegation. Apparently, it's already decided. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. 
Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Well, it does look like it's going to be a long season for Sheffield United and possibly Luton Town as well. Everybody I speak to, gentlemen, tells me, look, Luton are going down, Sheffield United are going to finish bottom, and there's really only one place to avoid this season, that's 18th in the Premier League. Is it as simple as that? Yep. In my opinion. Yep. You know, Sheffield United have sold their best player yep. um, right on the eve of the season. When we spoke to Paul Heckingbottom on the podcast, we sensed that maybe there wouldn't be a lot of money to spend. Luton, for me, uh, are recruiting sensibly because they're signing players that may be able to make the step up to the Premier League, but That's if they just, can't sensible, and they go it? down, they'll be ready-made for the Championship. I think even the fans of both those two clubs are probably accepting that they're going to go down. There's talk that maybe one or both might be rivaling Derby in terms of the lowest ever Premier League points tally. Well, we'll have to see on that one, but I just think in terms of Luton, it's just an incredible story that they're in the first Luton place. Luton can come into the Premier League and they can have fun, right? They Absolutely. can enjoy it. There's they no can pressure. Be, they can, they Interesting. Can, they can be, not, not, not sure their football is going to be much exactly. fun, by yeah. the way. Yeah, listen, it, it, it takes there's several ways to skin a cat. Yeah, and actually, absolutely. they were really entertaining, productive, at some points last season you know they get you off your seat every now and again so don't uh, write them off don't be a footballing snob crook just because you don't fancy going to uh, well, Kenilworth Road on the opening weekend of the season the, 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 the Southern about, uh, United supporting yeah. fan obviously he is a snob isn't um, he it'll be a novelty to, for Luton fans to go to Man City to go to Arsenal to go to Manchester United it might not be a novelty be a, when they're six down at half time it might be a novelty for some of those teams to go to Kenilworth Road as well but for Sheffield United they've recently been in the Premier League they stayed here for two seasons I mean this is quite dispiriting that they've got themselves they managed yeah. to get themselves to a playoff semi-final lost out to Nottingham Forest got themselves back into the Premier League this time around and they're not going to be able to give it a, a go because the ownership situation has just not been sorted out and that's disappointing because it looked at one stage like they were close to being sold uh, I think the current owner has made it pretty clear that he's not going to invest in the football team the fact that in the end having Indicated that maybe a new contract was in the offing. Ilman Jai still ended up joining Marseille. I, th- I could only see a long, hard season. And actually, it's not just selling Jai. I understand that Paul Heckebottom was quite keen to keep Billy Sharp as part of the furniture. And he was released, so I'm not really too sure he what He gave his there. number 10 shirt to yeah. Ilman Njai. Yeah. And then Ilman Jai. But I think he's the type of player that even if he's not going to play week in, week he's out... He's not really fit enough to play in the Premier no, League. You need him in the dressing room. Absolutely. Right, in my opinion. No, so character. You're talking yeah, about character. absolutely. I couldn't agree more because... what One, one he absorbed f- into the coaching staff or something like that. Was what, that not possible? Because I think he felt sore that he didn't get another year on his right, playing okay. contract. Well, yeah, they should have looked after him because one thing you're going to be sure about when you're a promoted side, especially with respect to Sheffield United and Luton, is you're going to lose a lot of games. So therefore, coming in day after day, it's going to be very down. You need people who are going to be upbeat, good professionals, going to be at it on a daily basis. Things that fans don't see, you know, behind just match days. You look at Luton, great story. They'll get the odd great win at Kenilworth Road, but away from home, I can't see them winning many games at all. And Sheffield United, I mean, Paul Heckenbottom had one hand tied behind his back before Njai went. Now he's got both of them. And it was an amazing job for him to get them up there straight up. Uh, Both of them are coming straight down. Premier League All Access coming live from Wembley Stadium uh, ahead of the new season, looking ahead to everything that we think might happen over the course of the next few months. You'll be able to uh, leave some comments in the bottom of the YouTube page if you're watching on YouTube or send us a tweet if you've got predictions for the new uh, season. So if we're accepting that Sheffield United are going down and we think that Luton will probably struggle as well, 
who are the other contenders for the drop? Because Everton have got problems with FFP and so have Wolverhampton Wanderers. Both those two teams arguably look weaker today than they did last season. Mm. I think if you're talking about Wolves, it's quite simple. If Lopetegui stays, I think he can keep them up. If he doesn't, they're in massive trouble. Yeah, he's trying to get the sack though, right? Uh, well, he's trying to come out and say a few things and he's almost doing I think he's trying to get himself fired. And, and I think he's, he's increasingly putting them in a very difficult position because you can't have a situation, as Bournemouth found out last season, where your manager keeps on coming out and bemoaning the financial situation. Well, he's telling the Yet, players that yes, they're not good enough not to ideal. stay in the league. Exactly. Yes, it's not ideal from Wolverhampton Wanderers' perspective. But listen, they did back him in January. They spent a lot of money in January. Now, did they tell him at the end of that transfer window that actually this is going to affect your he summer budget? He says that he didn't know the situation yeah. was as dire as it was. Well, that, that's a really interesting turn of events. And I, I guess the truth is probably somewhere in between. But I think if you're looking at that third relegation place, you look at the players that have moved on, no Neves. I mean, Raul Jimenez probably... Uh, had lost a lot of his powers but was still a focal point that they haven't got Collins has gone for decent money to Brentford that won't be reinvested they look primed for a relegation dogfight I'm not convinced by Everton but Sean Dyche I think Sean Dyche is the kind of character teams relegated. I know he, he did at Burnley he can sort of look end. yeah well he didn't really because he was left before they got relegated True. and actually they still had a chance of staying up after he I had think left he'll the keep Everton up. he's the kind of guy that can find a couple of decent players down the back of a sofa and do enough just to dig out a Premier League well, campaign to. I mean, Ashley Young, for example, coming into the team is is a prime example of a player that he knows he can rely on, Mm. give instructions to. He ain't going to be pretty watching Everton. It hasn't been pretty for a few years, has it? And and, and to be fair, you know, Sean Dyche, you would think, is the perfect man in that sense. But how much can he keep on, you know, doing what, or Everton as a football club? And the fans are fed up, clearly, with what they've seen in the last few years. You can understand that. Absolutely, 100%. If I was an Everton fan, I'd be furious about the way the club has been So therefore, if they don't start well, the the, the disgruntlement is going to happen a lot earlier. So I think it's very difficult. Again, Ashley Young, one of those in the dressing room, perfect professional. But how much, how many games is he going to play? And how can he affect, how many games will he affect over a whole season? You know, you look at Bournemouth, and I'm, you know, we've mentioned it before. I'm really sorry to see Gary O'Neill not around, but Ariola, I think, is a good coach. So you don't think they're contenders for relegation? Because uh, no, I looked I, at the odds today, right? They're third favourites, and yeah, they are third favourites, followed quickly by Nottingham Forest, who've had a less chaotic summer than they had last year. Yeah. They haven't really got in the kind of players that I think Steve Cooper wanted just yet. But with respect to betting odds, it's where the money goes. And if money, people don't know much about Iriola, then people will think, oh, well, they've got rid of Gary O'Neill. Well, we're lucky Some... we've spoken a lot about Iriola and we've spoken to him as well. We know the kind of bloke that Bournemouth have got. And we know the style of play that they can envisage down there, which means high pressing, lots of work rate. They'll be solid at the back and then they'll look to attack in numbers. He's very fond of statistics very fond of high intensity football Um, do we think that this is going to be an upgrade for Bournemouth? Yes I do, long term and again, you know, nothing against Gary O'Neill we both thought, Scott and I, that he was a contender for manager of the season last year but Mm. sometimes you have to make tough decisions and this reminds me a little bit of when Brighton decided to move on, Chris Hewton wasn't very popular, similar to Southampton getting rid of Nigel Atkins, absolutely, unknown Mauricio Pochettino quickly won over the Southampton fans, I think he took him out for a cup of coffee and gave them a big cuddle, charmed them, greeted them like they yeah. were long-lost friends. What, what would concern me as we record this podcast is they've not done enough at the moment in the transfer market, Bournemouth. I think Kirkes at left-back is going to be a really good addition. They had the, the midfielder lined up from Fiorentina, Fowler Medical, 
They're trying to get Alex Scott. I think that probably will happen, but maybe towards the end of the window. But didn't they get a couple of good numbers in January? Yes, Dango did. Wataru did well, they came did. in and stiffened the squad and gave them another attacking dimension. They brought in Justin Cliver. Yeah. He will also improve the players that are already there as well. So I, I actually really like him. Am I ruling them out as contenders? No. They've got but a tough start as well. You look at their yeah. first 10 games of the season. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that start can be a problem because that can then snowball if you've only got, you know, five points of the first 10 games and suddenly everything's doom and gloom. I just believe that he's a very good coach. I think he'll get the best out of them. I think, you know, you've got Forrest, who I like, Steve Cooper as well. They haven't got as crazy this year as they did last year. I think they look a little bit more... <laughs> I think they'd be sailing close to FFP <laughs> yeah, exactly. if, they, if they went as crazy this year as they did last. But defensively, I think they look reasonably strong, and I think they've got some good attacking players. So am I ruling them out? No, but I don't think they will go down either. I was worried about Fulham at one stage because we thought Marco Silva would go, we thought Mitrovic would go, there was a chance that to Saudi Arabia at one William stage, so. would go, but it looks like they're all going to stay. Paulinho as well, West Ham have tried and tried to get him out, that isn't going to happen, so I think they're going to be okay now. Is, is the danger of sort of doing this now, we're talking about this you know, five days before the start of the, the Premier League season, that actually there's going to be so much change in between now and the end of the transfer window. And that must be as unsettling as for us making predictions, but more so for managers who are trying to hold on to players. I think, honestly, I think the predictions, what we say now, I'm not going to say don't listen to us, but what <laughs> I'm going to say is when we have that once the transfer window closed, that's going to be more. We've seen a few games. We know exactly who's got the squads. And, and then we can give a more informed opinion. This as is what's Scott's caveat, by the way, because we're about to make our <laughs> predictions for the new season. Didn't you get sick from Adrian Durham last season because you had seven teams going down at one stage? Yeah, and then Hold I... No, hold on a second. Didn't you have seven teams going into Europe? <laughs> I didn't have seven teams. I said there are seven teams who could easily go down. Now, if you remember the March international break, there were nine teams, actually, that could have gone yeah. down. And I texted him because I heard on national radio that three months later, he said exactly the same thing that I said. And it was three months later, yeah, yeah. and he had a little chuckle up. You know? he, he, he does like he does like a little bit of a poke every now and again, doesn't yeah. he, the boy Durham? He misses the drive time kid. gig. Yeah. He's a bad kid. But I, I don't think there are eight or nine teams who could go down this year. I think no. it's actually a very small list. Yeah, and there's only one place to fill, apparently, according to you two. So uh, maybe do, do you disagree right. with that? You think Luton or Sheffield United will stay up? I I think that Sheffield United will go down. I think out of the two of them, Luton have got a better chance because I think that they'll harness the power of... Uh, Kenilworth Road but I don't think they'll survive and uh, that's not being just following the herd I just think looking at them and looking at their squad I don't think they've got the quality to do that it's an unforgiving place the, the mm. Premier League there will be one that drops there'll be someone that, that doesn't get it right um, I think it might be Wolverhampton Wanderers because they found themselves in a situation with Julian uh, Lepetegui that, that isn't isn't ideal but the issue there is is a bit like what happened with Bournemouth last season when you have a manager that comes out and then gets himself fired which I think will happen Wolverhampton Wanderers they're replacing with someone else who's got a point to prove and that may well change the narrative for Wolverhampton Wanderers which means Everton and Nottingham Forest I think will be scrapping towards the bottom of the table Why have none of us mentioned Burnley in this conversation? Mm. Ah that is a very good question that's because we, uh, we're, we're, we're sort of mesmerised by passes now a bit mm. like I was on Friday night when I went to Sheffield Wednesday Southampton with you and there was 991 of them for Southampton Amazing. and Burnley have got the ability to do that Scott they have, but it's a big step up, isn't it? Now, Vincent Company has Son to Son, a good really goalkeeper. I like the boy Trafford. No, absolutely. Unproven, and though, the top level. Yeah, Yeah, but I, I think, again, he's a hungry young goalkeeper who will, who will learn. But then you look at Basuno at, at, at Southampton, who was a massive talent. He didn't have a good season last season. It is very unforgiving. Yeah, the Premier a very League. bad season last season. It's tough when you're conceding lots of chances. You know, that's one thing I would say. So, so he might be the same. You don't know. I just think Vincent Company. I think he's got something special. I really do. And I can see him being a top-class manager in the future. So, 
I think he'll tweak certain things. It's all very well saying I'm going to play this way, but he'll realise he can't do that all the time in, in the Premier League. So I, I, I think they'll be okay. Okay, all right. So here we go then. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go uh, do play a little quiz. We're going to play a little quiz. And that quiz is title, top four, relegation, top, star, uh, top scorer and best new signing of the season. Now, I don't want you to waffle on, Minto. Okay. I want you to just give me the answer, okay? Because I know what you like. You like to caveat everything to ensure that uh, you can always uh, insert a little get-out I resemble that. Remark, Do what you yeah. did as a player. Don't hang on to the ball for too long. Just give it to Zola. <laughs> give, it, just give it to somebody else. <laughs> if, you, if, if, if Franco's in the side, yeah. if only I had a Franco here with yeah, me, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say a word, trust me. <laughs> it's a little bit harsh, isn't it? You've got a Frody Grodash at the Harsh end. but fair. We, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and also, I'm going to ask you another question towards the end before we go about the, the ground you're most looking forward to getting back to. Ooh, okay. uh, so have a think about that. But let's start with title, top four relegation, top scorer and best new signing. Crook, title. Arsenal. Scott? City. Manchester United. Ooh, good man. Um, top four. I'm going to go... Manchester City, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Manchester United. Scott, uh, I'm I'm tweaking third and fourth. So, uh, well, City, Arsenal, United, Liverpool, Chelsea fifth. Top he didn't four. Ask you that. I asked you for Arsenal, City, United, Liverpool. Okay, so we're all pretty similar, to be honest. Um, relegation. Sheffield United, Luton, Wolves. Sheffield United, Luton, Everton. Sheffield United, Luton, and Nottingham Forest. Wow. You were so nice to them last season. I know. What happened? Well, Has Steve Cooper not replied to a text or something? <laughs> oh, that's definitely something like that. Look, the truth is... He's offered him to go actually, on holiday, isn't to he? To be though? fair, yeah. I think when no. we were covering for White and Jordan, he kept saying, yeah, I'll get Steve, I'll get Steve. Never happened. I've turned against them now. Unbelievable. Um, no, I think recruitment-wise, it hasn't been as good as last season. I think they wanted more. They haven't got more. So, look, I hope I'm wrong because you know how much I love the tricky trees. But I'm just looking at the data, looking at the situation at the bottom of the table. I think they might have a difficult season. I do hope I am wrong. We all hope we're wrong. Top scorer. Now. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Well, we're all going to say Harland. Yeah. No. Which is I'm not necessarily sure, sure that we should all say Harland. Well, Harlan. I'm not going to say Harland. Maybe we should do it without Harland. Should we do that? No, I ha I'm happy to do it with Haaland. Oh, okay. Because I think it'll be Mo Salah. Okay. Bear in mind that Liverpool don't have Champions League football. I wouldn't expect him to play much in the Europa League. And I think no? he will I think he will score a lot of goals in the Premier League. All right, I think, I think he'll play a lot in the Europa League. Who are you uh, going to go still for? score a lot of goals. Yeah, look, I'd have to go for Haaland and obviously Straight down the middle. Well, you know, as, as Haaland Kane Salah, two you, you can't you can't go further than that. One person, I think. I mean, Ollie Watkins, who who at Villa. Yeah, you, said, you said Haaland. That's it. You're finished. You're done. One more. Can I just mention one? No, one dark I, I, I want to have one. one, one Alex Isak. I want. I want Darwin Nunez. No. And you're going to yes, say it. Yes. Yes. That's what I was going to say. No, no, I'm taking Darwin Nunez. You've gone for Haaland. I'm yeah. going for Darwin Nunez. XG last season much better than his actual goal return, and ultimately, I think he'll convert those chances Big this threat. year. Yeah. So, so Scott has gone for Man City to win the league. Yeah. Odds on favourites, and Haaland to be top goal scorer. Odds do you, on favourites. Do you want your money back, or do you just want to throw it away? <laughs> What do you want? I want some bold predictions. Well, get... You tell me what you want. Do you want your money back or not? I tell you, he did give you a bold prediction a little bit earlier on, which was, are you going to... He didn't think you were going to last the season. Is that right? Yeah. You're going to talk yourself out of a job between now and the end of the season. <laughs> Who said that? You did. When did I say that? Don't tell everyone. I've got the text message. Right. Uh, best new signing of the season? 
Moussa Diaby. I can't look further than Declan Rice. There's only one answer to this question. Mason Mount. Oh, he's got the shirt. He's got the season ticket. Yeah. He has responded. He's got the Mancunian wife. He has wife. responded in a text to <laughs> Sam. <laughs> uh, look, lucky thing about doing a, a podcast on YouTube and being able to be contacted on Twitter is that you can give us your comments and your predictions as well. We're going to keep ours and we're going to keep revisiting them over the course of the season on Premier League All Access as we go through the campaign. We might have a look in a couple of weeks' time at the end of the transfer window and see what we think and whether or not we want to be able to revise them. But why don't you send us your predictions for those categories and then we'll uh, maybe have a look at them over the course of the next week and it might influence our decision by the time we get to September. We'll continue to have great fun over the course of the season. Make sure you download the podcast every Monday and Thursday. Remember, it's available on YouTube, on the TalkSport YouTube channel, every single Monday. Us three will always be there. Are you excited about the new season? I'm always excited. And Even more so now, because I think it is difficult to to know who's going to win. It's going to be a fun it, season. It, we love football. It, it, we get to go to a load of games. It kind of feels like last season never really finished. I, yeah. I did the under-21 final, which was in July. We've been obviously on the airways throughout the summer. We've just done the Community Shield. I think all seasons roll into one so now. So you don't get a day off? There's still an anticipation. Never get a day off. As you've seen, never yeah. get a day off. Apart from the uh, week in Goodwood and the three weeks in Portugal. Yeah. But apart from that, never has a day off. Um, best ground one you're looking forward to going to next season quickly I'm looking forward to Kenilworth Road oh yeah okay again that's a tap in yeah. I'm looking forward to going back to Old Trafford love me love me everybody oh, as a Trafford. fan first game of the season against Wolverhampton Wanderers I'm looking forward so to coming back to Wembley um, hopefully we'll be back at Wembley the FA Cup final later on in the year celebrating Maurizio Pochettino picking up the trophy yeah. his first one for Chelsea Chelsea you Tottenham FA Cup know. final I've already got my ticket sorted for the Have FA you? Cup final good yeah, I've already I'll be working, so yeah, I'll come no. into the bar with you. Surely you get a guaranteed FA Cup final ticket. Is, I there, is it not like Wimbledon? If you win the championship, like you become a member. Hold on. Is that, is that, you got that medal one underneath yeah, there? There, there? Oh, he has, there. yeah. There yeah, there yeah. Uh, you do all remember that Scott Minto won the FA Cup in 1997. If you didn't check it out on YouTube. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. It's been great to have your company. Remember, the podcast will be out on Thursday, previewing all the first weekend's action. And it's also available on the TalkSport app. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.